With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Beal back to Hachimura! Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And it was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a took a in another guy's shoe. <laughs> a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up in mind? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year. <laughs> We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah! Welcome to the second episode of the Beltway Sports Bros podcast. Noel, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. So today, uh, we wanted to cover a situation that's been in the news, obviously, uh, with Quentin Dunbar, DeAndre Baker... Uh, and also Cody Latimer. I wanted to cover exactly what happened and what's go- what's been going on recently and up to date over the weekend. So I'm going to read an excerpt from uh, CBS Sports real quick from uh, Sunday. So earlier this week, warrants were issued for the arrest of New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar uh, by the Miramar, Florida Police Department. Baker was charged with four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm while Dunbar has been charged with four counts of armed robbery. Per the police, Baker took money and watches from the victims with force and was armed with a semi-automatic firearm during an incident that occurred on Wednesday, May 13th. Dunbar was allegedly assisting Baker in taking money and valuables from the attendees at a party in Miramar. The pair was allegedly attending a cookout when an argument ensued resulting in Baker revealing a semi-automatic firearm. Baker allegedly directed the third member wearing a red mask to shoot a person who entered the party, but the gun was not fired. Unreal. Uh, Continuing on real quick, uh, both Baker and Dunbar are believed to have taken over three timepieces, including an $18,000 Rolex watch and a hublot. I'm not even sure what that is, but worth $25,000. Baker and Dunbar allegedly took over $7,000 in cash. Uh, the two did not see Dunbar with a firearm, but one said the opposite. So that is very interesting. So uh, that I think a lot of people know that one, but an update from the weekend on Saturday morning, Baker's lawyer announced that his client has turned himself in. Later on Saturday afternoon, Miramar police announced that Dunbar had turned himself in as well as at the Broward County Jail. On Friday afternoon, Dunbar's attorney issued a statement claiming that five witnesses could exonerate Dunbar. Later that night, that night, uh, Cohen, who is Baker's lawyer, published a similar statement on Instagram and, and professed Baker's innocence. So the posted bail on Sunday, Baker was $200,000. Dunbar was $100,000. 
crazy stuff, I would say. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> See ya. Yeah. So um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, what are, what's, what's the Man. deal here? I mean, well, first off, if you're going to do something like this, why would you go to a location where everybody knows you and not mask yourself? I mean, I know that they had grievances, I guess. Uh, they had lost, from what I had heard, they had lost $70,000 gambling. And we don't have all the information yet, but from what it sounds like is they went to this cookout. Were playing. There was a dice game going on, and they tried to recoup some of the money. And and a lot of people were uh, well off at this party. You know, I mean, they're taking Rolexes. There's high-end cars parked out front, Lamborghinis, such, Mercedes, BMWs. So they knew where to go. And um, it's just crazy. The, the part that's baffling to me is why you needed it that bad. You were that pissed off. You just got a new contract. I know it's not a crazy amount, but what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know how you can surround yourself with people like that. Uh, I mean, if this is high stakes gambling or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, it, from all accounts, everybody said Dunbar is not a bad guy. You know, uh, there's he's there's never really been a concern about him. Maybe he's not the greatest guy on earth, but nobody really expected uh, him to be a part of shooting or, or, you know, I guess stealing money from people. That Miami think, blood, man. That Miami yeah, blood. I'm telling true. you, it runs deep. It runs deep. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, these guys, it wasn't a matter of running through the same crew. They were at a party. They were probably gambling high end and they got pissed off. They probably thought they got screwed over in some way. And I think it went to a, to a higher level that is just insane to me. And, um, to pull guns. What did they expect that was going to happen in that scenario that these people were going to man up and say, we're going to take care of this themselves. There was only two options. They were either going to call the police or they were going to retaliate one of the two. So either way, it wasn't going to be good. Right. And it's not like, it's not like the people that were there didn't know who they were. Right. It's be, it's beyond belief. Like how you can be so idiotic to pull a, a semi-automatic weapon on people, you know, the balls, <laughs> the balls that you take take off in your in your Lambo. You know what the first thing that came to my head when I when I heard about this was that uh, that Raymond robbery scene from White Man Can't Jump. You know when he goes <laughs> in and he needs the money for the for the uh, for the basketball game, and he goes into uh, the convenience store. He puts the mask on. He says, "Give me your money." And the guy knows Raymond. exactly who he is. Nah, Raymond. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> this ain't Raymond. Raymond, is that and you? <laughs> it reminded me of exactly that. I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? What are they doing? Yeah. It's incredible. And, you know, from a Redskins perspective, oh, God, I mean, what that couldn't have worked out any better. You would think that, um, you know, ever, a lot of people were bashing the Redskins for getting a fifth-round pick for this guy. I've always been a fan of Quentin Dunbar's. I, other than his injuries, you, on the other hand, More not me. so yeah. much. Yes. I think he was a very talented guy. I think that he is, I mean, being uh, converted from a wide receiver, undrafted rookie from Florida to being moved over to cornerback. He's got the length. He's got the the height. He's got the speed. He just has injuries. And, um, and I think that he will be perfect in Seattle's defense. I really do because they like those long, lengthy, 
kind of guys in their in their back in their defensive well, backfield. We may but, never see that now. Well, so. <laughs> well right. <laughs> hey, so we you know it looks it like the greatest trade ever. It looks like the greatest trade ever, though. It was absolutely. I mean, getting crucified for getting a fifth round pick for a starting cornerback to now the guy could be quitting behind. Dunbar's <laughs> right. I mean, it was to me. It was a, a win. To yeah. me, it was a win. To me, it was a win-win. I mean, you, you, uh, yeah. I, I think even for me, I wasn't a huge fan of Dunbar, but getting a fifth-round pick was a little low. I think that was characteristic of what Rivera is trying to do with this character BS and people that right. want to be here, so he's willing to take whatever. But also, which is which is a double hit, is the DeAndre Baker situation where they're already completely thin at run at in their secondary. I mean, their secondary was one of the worst in the league against the pass. And um, they signed Bradbury, which was their big signing for the off season. But beyond that, their secondary is garbage. And um, he was going to, he, it's not like Baker played yeah. awesome. He was horrible last year, but he started to show signs of improvement at the end. And he was going to be, he was a first round pick the year before. So they were going to invest a starting spot in him and see where it went. And, um, that is could potentially be lost, which is a gain for the Redskins on top of that. So I'm I'm happy that it happened. Well, I mean, think about it this way as well. I mean, he was he was. Uh, yeah, it's it's a win win for everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, on our end anyway. I mean, finally. So, you know, Baker was selected first a first round pick last year, 30th overall. He was he, they actually ironically traded with Seattle that spot. And, uh, you know, they lost three draft picks because of it. Yeah, and on this, top of that, yeah, on top of that, and I mean, this guy started fifteen year, fifteen games last year, zero interceptions. I think you're right, though. He was kind of moving up. Uh, it takes a while sometimes for a cornerback to get their legs under him. I mean, that's a that's a position that takes a little bit. But uh, to now, these both of them could be going to jail. That helps the Redskins in the East as well. I mean, it's a uh, I couldn't come up with a better situation other than them not doing it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the little, it's the little wins. Like in the previous one, we talked about the, uh, the, 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 the lows and, and this one's a little, a little battle win, you know, it didn't win the war, but you know, you win a little something yeah. and, and you move forward. It was a gain for doing absolutely nothing. So it was good. Right. For just sitting out in the back and right. watching, watching the firestorm happen. All right. Yeah. So um, another thing I wanted to talk about, and this is obviously directly affecting the Redskins, is Cody Latimer. So I, let me go over this real quick with you. From the New York Times, Redskins wide receiver Cody Latimer was arrested and charged on felony charges of assault in the second degree, menacing and illegal discharge of a firearm in Colorado. I thought everything was legal in Colorado, first, but anyway, continue <laughs> <Yeah>. on. Anyway, <laughs> according to the Douglas County Sheriff's Department, a police report said a witness heard gunshots and arguing inside an apartment. One identified person was later said to have minor injuries not related to a gunshot. Latimer, who's 27, was released on a $25,000 bond. He also is facing misdemeanor charges of prohibited use of a weapon and reckless endangerment. Quote, there's an entire backstory of the situation that constitutes one of the most highly productive situations you can imagine, said Latimer's attorney, Harvey Steinberg, according to ESPN. Please withhold judgment until all the facts of what took place that night are known, end quote. After spending the, the past two seasons with the Giants, Latimer signed a one-year, $1.04 million contract with the Redskins, and he spent the first four years of his career with the Broncos. So that's that. It doesn't seem quite as, as ridiculous as the first thing but i think that 
his, I mean, his year last year, 24 receptions, 300 yards, two touchdowns. And, and I've heard that the Redskins, he scored a touchdown against the Redskins last year. They kind of liked him. He had 44 yards and five receptions against her. I, I remember that game too, because he was, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I know. And, you know, and he was, of course, but, but I feel like that, I guess, against every, yeah, I mean, the Redskins. there's always the, the, the Redskins are the, the team you want to break out against. Yeah, so, of course. But with this situation, he is not going to be an integral part of the Redskins anyway, so it's not yeah. that big of a deal. They were bringing in a veteran presence because the wide receiving core is so young. The guy was, he hasn't done anything. I don't think they he was big in their plans anyway. He was just more of a safety net in case or to help out because they can't have a lot of meetings together and things like that. So they wanted right. a veteran veteran presence in there. And plus, I hear he's, he's a really good special teamer yeah. and that might help. But as far as the character situation, after I heard the story, I kind of looked back because... Going back to the, the the Rivera character guys, hungry guys, um, not hungry, hungry guys, not wanting not wanting guys on the field that are going to um, that one that don't want to be there. And right. I'm looking back in this guy's history as to, after I saw this to see the credibility of Rivera in these situations. And the guy had a domestic abuse, a domestic dispute in 2016, kind of the same situation as this. With his girlfriend, and his girlfriend was the one that was ended up being arrested. Plus, ironically enough, during the dispute, he had an outstanding warrant for his arrest. Now, it wasn't a big time thing, it was a traffic violation, but if you're doing your homework with these guys, what was the angle here besides bringing him in as a veteran and hope that he, I guess, turned a new leaf? It's not like he, uh, any major violations, he didn't have any suspensions or anything like that, but I, I just don't. Sometimes you can't have it both ways, Rivera. You, if you want to pick guys that are going to be character guys, then pick guys with a clean sheet. And this guy had a little bit of a backstory. And in this situation, I think that Rivera, if there is anything to it, he's going to cut bait. The guy's only 137000 towards the cap, and he'll just cut bait with it. There's other veterans out there that I'm sure are considered his character guys uh, that he can bring in for that. Well, 137, if they cut him, he's one point. Right. 05 if, against if, if the cap stays. if they cut right. right the guy's not very good he was one, yet another one of those signings we were like who really right we're doing another you know? money ball like the money, money ball. <laughs> money ball this is a very money ball type of offseason it seems like uh yeah. with all the all the signings that they've made hopefully they are smarter than we think they are right considering they had no analytics department last year at all and now all of a sudden every pick seems to be fitting the mold it's kind right. of a 180. I don't know if Kyle Smith has been fighting for these type of things since he's been there, and he's just a uh, analytics geek, and now he has free reign to do it, and guys that they're bringing in are um, puzzle pieces and not always a need more than are a want or a mathematical equation, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm just I'm – Yeah, just no, scared. it's – I no, I totally agree. I mean, it's uh, – it, to me, it seems like he's already punted on this year. He knows he's got some rope. Right. And he's just filling in gaps for uh, positions. I mean, real positions of need and getting guys that have literally done nothing in the in, in the league. And right. it's concerning. So I it's not a situation where he's thinks that, oh, this is my last season. This is Snyder's going to take over if I screw up, whatever the case may be. 
he knows he's got time and um, that's not good for us, I would say, because I mean, hopefully they surprise us with these hungry guys and these these football players uh, that love football, love the game. But to me, it's it doesn't look promising. Well, we don't know. We don't know that case yet. Some of the guys that he's brought in, we don't even know who the hell they are. And right. We you can look you can look back in his track record with Carolina. And yes, for the most part, when he's had guys that have had PED or they've had outside violent issues or been jailed or suspended, he's cut bait with them. That's his yeah. track record. Except when I looked back and I did some research, believe it or not, I'm just not I'm not just a loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Thomas Davis situation where he was suspended in 2018, four games for PED. He came right oh, yeah. back in and plug and play. And yes, he's an absolute character guy. The guy's won the Walter Payton. I mean, give the guy a pass, but we haven't seen him do it with the big time guys. And he had Charles Johnson on his team, who was another PED mm-hmm. guy, brought him back in, plug and play. So yeah, the scrubs, he's more more than happy to cut it. Most coaches are. They're not dealing with that shit. They don't want to deal with the right. news and dealing with the locker room situation. If the guy's a scrub or just like some special team or in a rah-rah minimum wage guy. But with the big-time guys, that's where it's going to rear its ugly head. You have to play it both ways. If the guy's productive on the team, you can't just cut bait because you think you're a big shot and trying to make a quote-unquote culture change. That'll be right. remain to be seen with one of the bigger-time guys or one of the guys he invested money in, whether he's willing to make that that jump. Yeah, Kendall Fuller's the only one they invested any money in, so hopefully, <laughs> he, 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 hopefully he keeps squeaky clean. And I, you know, I don't see an issue there. Well, on that uh, one, I, at least they they chose wisely. We were we were both talking about debating whether it was going to be Kendall Fuller or Breeland. Speaking of another guy that fucked up. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always so liked Breeland wisely. too, and man, they did choose wisely on that one. <laughs> Man, what's going on with these quarterbacks? Uh, you know, the, <laughs> this year, I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't... It's idle time, man. Idle time. These guys are bored, and it's it's always the off season where things happen. But this one, I think, is a little bit magnified because everybody's at home, everybody's yeah. stir crazy, and you know they get an opportunity to do something. It's full tilt, and I think that you might see a few more of these, especially when states start to open up. And opportunities start to arise where they can go to different places. You're going to start seeing some guys really fucking up or going to a club yeah. or getting DUIs coming out of clubs, things like that. It's going to happen. I can I can see that. Now, this one, this Dunbar situation is an extreme trying to uh, arm robbery. But I can definitely see situations where guys are going to screw up and find themselves with a prostitute or who knows what they're going to have. Who knows what's going to happen because guys want to unleash the beast. Yeah. Hey, maybe it might be Alex Smith. Who knows? He might. He might be the next one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one. <laughs> yeah, if, if he can walk to the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as far as uh, Latimer goes, I mean, what do you where do you see happening next? I mean, do you think they're going to cut him? Do you think this is a case of mistaken identity, which I've also heard? They, are, do you think they're going to wait till this gets cleared up? until they make a decision or are they just going to cut bait because they haven't done it yet no i think they're just going to settle in and just wait wait where it goes i mean they most teams do that anyway and they they wait to see where the dust settles let the let the the courts do their thing and then they'll make a determination unless it's something completely beyond repair I mean, where it's even the allegation itself is so bad or disgusting that there's nothing they can do to repair it. But in a situation like this, where it's he said, she said, or there's 
potential where the identity is not who it's supposed to be or innocent, right. guilty. I think those situations, it's just a professional thing to do for an NFL team to just wait and see and then just cut bait. Unless Rivera really wants to make a statement said, I don't even want to hear our guys in the news. I don't even want to hear a single yeah. thing, an allegation or anything. And if you have that, and it's easy to do it with a guy like this, he's a scrub. Yeah, make an example out of him, yeah. you know, because don't screw up when you're on this team. This is team first. We're, we're all wearing suits to the games. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton. <laughs> you know, when, uh, so he, he, he runs a tight ship for sure. And I think that even if nothing's wrong here, I think that he should make an example of the scrub. I really do. Yeah, because I, I agree I, with you to a certain extent, but also I don't think that he can just absolutely bring a sledgehammer in on every single thing. I mean, they're not even in contact with the players on a regular basis. Most of the guys don't even really know him yet. They know what they hear in the press conferences yeah. and the culture they hear from other players when he was with the Panthers. But to sit there and just throw a sledgehammer down on everything in my way or the highway, I get that. But bear in mind that this guy, and you talked about it earlier, that he has a long leash right now. You don't want to burn too many bridges right off the bat, okay? Yeah. If this guy a couple years down the road and he's still this team's still bottom feeders, that's going to go on deaf yeah. ears. So you better play yeah. the pay to play the middle ground a little bit, or your credibility is going to go out the complete window. Because we've seen guys like Coughlin in the past that they've been military so well, he, drill sergeants. Yeah, he's a he's a dictator. That guy. I mean, I don't I don't see Rivera's a much more of a player's coach, from what I understand. I mean, from from all the all the reviews of his coaching style, he's a player's coach, but he doesn't take shit. So he's he's the most respected guy in the room, but he also keeps an even keel and and actually knows his players, cares about him, doesn't treat him as a number. So I hope that's the case. I hope that that's true. Um, when he was let go of the Panthers, I mean, the, the amount of people that came out, McCaffrey uh, and everybody like that, said, you know, he's the best coach I ever uh, ever played with. You know, hopefully that's something to look forward to. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just saying that just you don't need to come in and kick the door in completely. And I get it. There's some. He took the ping pong table out of there. That was a lot of people. Yeah, we'll see how the, we'll see how the ping pong <laughs> table lasts in two years if they're still three and thirteen consecutive seasons or something like that, where it's going to be as easy for him to come in and yeah. say open door policies and we want hungry guys. Well, at the end of the day, wins are wins, and I don't care who you yeah. have and all the analytics and all the driving it home that these guys need to be for the team first. Yeah, that will. I don't care. These guys want to get paid and. These guys want to obviously win, but they're playing for contracts. And if they're playing for a guy that has law, it doesn't feel like he's living up to his contract. Why should they? And this guy has full reign to do whatever he wants right now. And that it just take it easy. You don't need to come into a flamethrower to this whole thing. There are some character guys. You allegedly have brought in character guys to help you with your cause, bringing in Thomas Davis again. And to bring help you with your cause, allow them to do part of the job as well. And don't come in and start saying, cut, cut, cut. All right, you uh, you looked at me wrong. Cut. You don't need to do all yeah. that. And I don't believe that he I, will. I don't believe that he completely will. No, but. he won't. He, you know, I actually met uh, Ron Rivera once. I never told you this. Uh, no, you where in, in Charlotte, he was actually running. I was at work, and he was he was uh, I was going to get lunch, and he was running around, or you know, he was jogging. Yeah. Uh, that's. Is that what you do when, when you're, you're trying to lose weight, I guess? <laughs> jogging. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with that. But anyway, so he uh, he's jogging, and, and my, my friend, 
who's much more open to talking to people like that than I am, said, uh, said, hey, you know, coach, how's it going? He stopped his jog, started talking to us right away. I mean, he was such a nice guy, such a nice guy. Uh, talked to us for a good five minutes in the middle of his jog, sweating his ass off and everything. Mm. So very, very personable, you know, and, and I was very impressed with him, I will say. And I know that there's been a lot of reviews from people at banquets and this and that. I mean, everybody that I've heard says he's just such a nice guy, nice personable guy. Um, I just think that he has expectations and hopefully they hit him. Yeah, no, I I mean, the thing is that I, I get concerned about with a guy that has that type of attitude is they're more built for defensive coordinator positions and more of a, more of a punch in the mouth attitude and then a hug after. And that sometimes doesn't work as a head coach where you have to manage things, especially in his situation, he's quasi a GM as well, where money is going, the players know that he's influential on how much money these guys are going to make. It's a, um, it's a conflict of interest to a certain extent where, yeah, why am I going to take this asshole seriously? Mr. Ra Ra, he wouldn't even pay me. This guy's making me this, you prove it asshole. You know, I'm I'm sitting here on these one year deals every year on this prove it shit. You haven't proved anything if you have a crappy record. So I can see right. it both ways. And we'll see. As far as this offseason, it was the best coaching hire that the Redskins could have done. And that's that's, oh, where, that's where I feel on that. We'll see where it goes. But as far as these, uh, this Dunbar and this these situations, I mean, I guess we'll just keep monitoring it. But crazy, crazy stuff, to say the least. So do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Or are you good in your eyes? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just this done. I'm kind of happy that this Dunbar thing came out. Also, because there's so small amount of sports to talk about, and and these things are so magnified, oh, and God. You know, these networks jump all over this stuff, it, because it's like, oh my God, we have a current event, we have something we could talk about. We don't, we don't have to go <laughs> over like the roster, the 53 man rosters for the 80th time or things like that. So it was, it was good news for us as well, and it's fun because, like I said before, it's oh, it's win yeah. win on the Redskins side, and uh, you know, hey. Every little bit helps. So we're rooting for more incarceration. Yes, keep them coming. So uh, keep the Michelob coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say it that though. All right. So anyway, um, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we've gotten some really good traction for people, for listeners. We hope to that you keep listening. Again, uh, we're on all platforms for podcasts. Please, if you like what you hear, please rate us, review us. And subscribing is a huge help to us as well. Uh, it doesn't cost you a thing ever. And, you know, kind of gets us a little momentum to build a bigger audience. So we greatly appreciate you listening and uh, we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>